Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. The point of no return. Do you know that point when they have just pushed you far enough that you just can't come back? My husband, while we were dating, had told me that his favorite word was brinkmanship. I didn't know what it was. I had to look it up. The definition of brinkmanship is the art or practice of pursuing a dangerous policy to the limits of safety before stopping. Okay, wait, what? And I asked him about it. I said, what are you talking about? He said, oh, he goes, I love to just push people right to the edge of what they can take and then just pull them back and go, yeah, I'm just kidding and bring them back to safety. I had no idea that I would spend 21 years on the edge of that safety. Okay, the definition is the art or practice of pursuing a dangerous policy to the limits of safety. Whose safety? His. His safety in the relationship, that he would push me as far as he could without destroying the relationship. It's like, how far can I push you where you still won't leave me? And I still got hooked by these smaller and smaller breadcrumbs of the love bombing until one day. The breadcrumbs just didn't work anymore. I reached that day that I was just done. The point of no return. It's like you get pushed off the edge of a cliff. And every time before, he was able to catch me and pull me back. But this time, I was out of his reach. I fell off the cliff. There was no return. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, for being an active listener on this podcast. I hate it for everyone who understands what I'm talking about, but I will absolutely say that I am so grateful to be able to give you clarity, support, understanding, awareness, any information that will help you because every single person that I am able to help makes my journey make a little more sense. So please hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, leave us a review, help extend our reach to this world around us because you may be the only lifeline for those out there who so desperately need it. I was fighting for this marriage for years, fighting for it, determined never to give up. The thought of divorce, that was not even on my radar. Like, no, there was never a possibility. And even as things got worse and worse and, and he pushed and he pushed and, and just kept, you know, he kept pushing me away. I kept pulling myself back in. You know, it was almost like he's on a, you know, throwing me a lifeline to pull me back in. But while I'm trying to pull myself back in, he's feeding the lifeline out. Okay. And, and just pushing me further and further away. But I'm scrambling, trying to get back on the boat with him. And even as I learned about narcissism, when I first learned uh, about narcissism. I was actually at a counselor and a therapist. And, and he said to me, he goes, you know, Hey, narcissists don't ever change. Then as soon as he said those words to me, I said, well, this isn't narcissism then because he can change. And that, so that can't be what this is. I just have to find the right words. I have to just figure this out. And I was still putting in so much effort to stay connected to him, to stay close to him. You know, I was taking him away for, you know, a cabin uh, for a weekend to the cabin in the mountains. I was going to marriage counseling. All of these things still determined to fix this relationship. 
he would ask me, you know, hey, what what can I do to fix this? And I would try so hard to come up with how, how to explain it to him. And I explained it to him, you know, 50 different ways. And he would still like, oh, I don't understand what you're saying. Or he would just still continue the bad behavior. And, and I even told him one time, this was with marriage counseling, where I said, hey, don't work on us, work on you. I'm working on me, you work on you. And, and if we can do that, we'll be fine. And I truly believed that. You know, we had lengthy conversations where I was still just so committed to the relationship and so committed to, to helping him. And I would think, okay, he gets it, he understands. And then nothing changed. Uh, I, I remember telling him at one point that, that if he would just work on him, that, that we would be fine. He had come to me and said, what can I do? Please tell me what you want. I said, I want a healthy husband. I want you, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually healthy, whatever that looks like, but you working on you. And I just never got anywhere. I could not keep pouring in all of this energy. And I'll tell you the point of no return for me was one conversation where I really poured all of my heart out being as honest with him as I could. And I've even got an episode, a podcast episode about it. And it's titled the most painful point in my marriage or the most painful moment in my marriage. And in that moment, I reached the point of no return. I didn't have anything left. I had nothing left to keep giving in this relationship. You know, we lose ourself. And, and in fact, I've got my shirt on. That's, it's a brand new shirt from our podcast uh, episodes that we're doing. And, and you're going to hear about it in the ads and stuff. But right in the middle of the shirt is I lost myself. And I did. I lost who I was. I lost, I had no energy left. I had no sense of self left. I had no concept of reality left. I have so many people come to me in individual and group sessions and tell me all the time, I don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah, that's what I got to too. The relationship is so lopsided that you lose yourself. You cross that point where you just can't come back. Let's go back to that word brinkmanship. And, and this is something you can see in children, and it might help you to understand the concept, you know, more. Those, those kids are, you know, if you have kids as a parent, you understand this. How far can I push mom? How far can I push dad? You know, how deep do these buttons go? How far can I push the rules? Narcissistic people are like kids that are still living this way. You know, with a child, mom might say, don't touch that. Okay, well, the child, they're going to see how close they can get to it without touching it. They can sit real close to it without actually touching it. There's no margin. And then when the child accidentally touches it because they were too close, and maybe let's say this, this broke, whatever it is, but they're in trouble because they touched it when really it was an accident, but the environment they created was not an accident. And by the way, I've said it before, boundaries are not for the narcissist. Boundaries are for you. Giving a boundary to a narcissistic person is like giving them a challenge. Think about it with kids. Telling kids, hey, don't touch that. And how close are they going to see if they can come without touching it? You give a boundary to a narcissistic person and say, hey, don't talk to me that way. They're going to see how close they can come to actually talking to you that way before you call them out on it. Okay, this is that whole concept of brinkmanship. Covert narcissists 
there, there is no margin. There's no buffer. There's no safe zone. So you're living on that edge all the time. Then when something happens that pushes you over that edge and they say, well, I didn't mean to, it was an accident. That's that lifeline they throw out or they reach and grab you when you're falling off going, oh, wait, I didn't mean to do that. And maybe it was an accident, but they are the ones forcing you to live on that edge. That's the part that's not an accident. So it's still on them. They try to blame it on you because they're only looking at that last piece, that last little push. Okay, let's go back to the child. Mom says, don't touch that expensive piece of of pottery. All right, the child gets as close as they can to it, but they're still not touching it, but they decide to play right beside it. Okay, they're like an inch from it, and now they're just being normal in their behaviors, and they're paying no extra attention to their surroundings, and of course, they bump it and they break it. Maybe it was an accident right then, but it's their fault for being too close. Now, it's so frustrating as a mom to try to explain this to the child because the child's going, hey, that was an accident. And you even might recognize that it probably was. But you say to them, but you were sitting as close as you could to it. And I can already hear the child going, not as close as I could. I could have gotten a little bit closer. Okay, and you say, well, you should have sat on the other side of the room, but I like to sit here. This is where I want to sit, even though they never sit there. They only sat there when you said, don't touch that pottery. Okay, these are the circular conversations. I understand it with children. I don't get it with adults. The covert narcissist pushes you to that edge with their dismissive behavior, their invalidating comments, their blame shifting, their lack of give. And then they have one moment of a sharp tongue. And while they may not have meant to, and in a, in a healthy non-brinkmanship relationship, it can be forgiven. Not here. It simply pushes you too far. And then the covert narcissist says, well, why can't you forgive me? You know, my friend's wife or husband forgives them when they do that sort of thing. Why don't you forgive me? You know, are there just isn't any room for me to make mistakes? I'm being nice to you now. And you might even question yourself. This is where perception comes in. You might even question yourself going, why can't I forgive them? Why can't I give them room for mistakes? They kind of maybe didn't mean to do this and I need to be forgiving. I'll tell you why. Because there's no room. There's no room for margin. They have pushed you over that edge. It isn't about the one last push. It's about all the pushes that bring you to that edge. I recently observed some young girls at a school, and this one in particular was extremely bossy, just bossy and mean and brittle and pushing all the others away. And I mean young, okay? We're talking five and six, seven years old. And, and nobody wanted to play with her. I don't blame them, okay? She was constantly pushing them away. And, and these other girls were actually being pretty nice trying to play with her, but they just, they reached that point. They just couldn't anymore. But what do teachers do? What do parents do? We tell them, hey, you need to be nice. You need to go play with them. Because the one who's being mean is the first one to come to report to the teachers or the parents and say, they're being mean to me. They won't play with me. So we as adults, we go tell them, hey, you need to include her. You need to let her play. The teachers, the adults, we give in because we don't want to deal with the one that's being mean either. 
Okay, I get that. And so we often force the others to play. I don't think that's the right choice. There's naturally occurring consequences for behavior here. Instead, we should give these other girls permission to choose who they want to play with. It's okay. It's not okay for them to be mean and maybe call her names or, uh, you know, throw things at her. I don't know. Those are, those are things I would call mean. But choosing to play with somebody else, that's not being mean. But the mean one, they need to learn that there are naturally occurring consequences for their actions. Now, I'm watching this play out, and instead what I ended up seeing is her own bad behavior got rewarded a couple of different ways. Number one is the teacher then made the other girls play with her. And number two is when she finally had a good day at school, the teacher celebrated one good day. Talk about breadcrumbs. One good day. And they celebrate. And they let her go to the principal's office to get a pencil and a sticker, which she, of course, bragged about and came back to other kids showing off her sticker. So proud that she got one. And what you didn't get one is her words to her classmates. She made sure that everyone saw the great reward that she got. Now, Mind you, I do understand why the teachers are trying to reward this. They're trying to get her to get on board with wanting this good behavior and repeat this good behavior. But instead, I think what's happening is we're rewarding the bad behavior. What about the kids who had been good all along? Where's their reward? Where's their sticker? They don't get any special treatment. Why? Because they're good most of the time. They're just expected to be good. This happens with adults too. The covert narcissist pushes and pushes, being mean, sharp, dismissive, entitled, superior, all these things, pushing you away. Even the victim role pushes you away. You hurt me. You did this to me. Yet when they have one good day, one good evening, they expect to be rewarded. And often in the beginning years of a relationship, we do reward them because we want this behavior to repeat. We're over the moon with relief and appreciation. Finally, this is the person I married. And we get such a needed break from the bad behavior. So we're grateful to them. We so badly want the good behavior to continue that it's like we're giving them the sticker, like the, the young child getting a sticker, hoping to convince them to continue to be kind. But you're talking about an adult here. Until one day, something breaks in you. The point of no return, there's no more stickers to give out, okay? The breadcrumbs just don't work anymore. Not only that, when they realize that the breadcrumbs are not having the same outcome anymore, they go back on that love bombing roller coaster that we've talked about. They go from that, you know, the cup of coffee breadcrumb back to the dinner date, back to the day hike, back to let me take you away for a weekend of camping. Let's go on a cruise. They go back up on their love bombing. But you've got nothing left. None of it works anymore. You've fallen off that cliff and you just can't come back. They will, of course, now blame you intensely. Look at all these good things I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm being nice now. I heard that from the little child in this example, but I'm being nice now. Does that erase everything she's done? No, of course not. But as an adult, this covert narcissist thinks it does, but I'm, but I'm being nice now. Look at all the effort I'm putting into now. Haven't you always wanted to go on this camping weekend and now I'm doing it? And they expect you to just jump right back into their world of safety. But they've pushed you too far. It's too little, too late. 
Now, you might be thinking in you, what's wrong with me? They are being nice now. Why don't I appreciate it? Why am I not happy now? I'll tell you why. Because it's too little, too late. They pushed you past that point. There is a magic, you're an invisible line out there. They pushed you past the point of no return, and it's not your fault. Be gracious with yourself. You just fell off a cliff, and it's time to do some serious self-care. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.